right, good evening, everyone. Here in the house out there in video land, uh, we're going to get right into this word, just talking about accountability's cover. Um, I, as I was meditating this week or throughout the weeks on, on just accountability in general, you know, it's so tough, but, you know, people have been afraid of accountability. Like almost to a point where uh, a lot of a lot of folk and a lot of us in our lives have really um, like even some people saw the topic and they're like I ain't going to church. You know, you know, for some people, kind of accountability is a curse word, and and anything that's going to be anywhere near accountability, um, people have figured a way around it. Um, I was uh, looking at this movie a, a while ago. I've seen it probably like two or three times, maybe four. You know, I'm an old school King Arthur and Excalibur type guy. So I was, the movie actually is King Arthur. And so he was talking to his guy and he asked him a question. He said, uh, and he was in a situation where, you know, somebody had to be taken out. He said, uh, did you see everything? He said, or did you look away? Then he made a comment. He said, we all look away. He said, but that's the difference between a man and a king. You know, so he was basically saying the king is going to handle the their, their responsibility no matter how gruesome it may be, but they're not going to look away. Right? Um, and I think as we navigate to this life, I think we've been so tempted to look away. And I think we've, we've thought that was an option for us. Like we didn't have to embrace the whole thing. And you know, as I was meditating on this, I was talking to somebody recently. Uh, some of y'all might see this, uh, but, uh, and they were you know, asking me about different people I know. I said, well, you know, uh, have you seen such and such? Well, yeah, so I've talked to such and such, I've seen such and such. I said, some people have been around, some people have been in town, but I haven't seen them. And he said, really? He said, but you know, you, you did this for this person, you did that for this person. I said, so I'm not offended. I said, because uh, I realize why people at times run from me and other men and women of God. The accountability. It's the accountability. You know, now anybody that's around me, I'm not going to beat you up or nothing, but but you, there's a sense that ah, <laughs> I have to be accountable. Even as people, you know, when you first grow, when you first start coming around the things of God, we don't show up ready. Like, I think we, we, we realize we need the things of God, but we don't realize where we are in relation to our life with God, right? So we're not really ready. Keeping it real, some of us ain't even ready to read. Study. Not because we tripping, it's just man, we weren't reading or studying. Like when you kicking it, how much how many times are you reading or studying? Like, you know, you, it's different. And then you're not used to conversations where you might not be seeing accurately or clearly. Somebody might go, I hear what you're saying, Ray, but I want you to consider this too. Now, when we're in a world, we just run from them, you know, because we're only going to be around people that just either agree with what we say, like what we say, don't question what we say, don't bring any details to what we say. Those are the only people we're around, 
you know, we're not around somebody to go, what did you just say? Stella, what did you just say? Well, say that again. Just the fact that the person say, what did you just say? Say that again. Oh, I'm not going around them. They paying attention. I'm only going to be around the people that's not paying attention and they're so enamored by my eloquence and my charisma. You know, because some of us are very great speakers. And some of us speak so well saying nothing. I used to do it. Like, I don't know what I was telling them people. Like, you know, when I was upstate New York and I started getting positive, they used to say, man, we love talking to you. I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea, Tanya, what I was telling them people. (laughs) No, seriously, I'm I'm not saying I was trying to front. I'm talking. You know, and whatever I was saying, it sounded good. To me, too. <laughs> but guess what? I, had, I wasn't in the Word. I don't know what I was telling them people. And they used to be like, man, you can get, because I had stopped getting high. You're messing up our high, man. But we can't be mad at you because whatever it is you're saying is making sense. I, so I made nothing make sense. I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. And I remember when I first started getting around with people that was kind of like, what you just say? Well, no, 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 that's not totally accurate. Well, now I don't want to be around them because, you know, <laughs> till, till, till I'm perfect. Well, I'm not going to be around nobody, right? Pastor Mel says something that I was meditating throughout the week. It just kept ringing as soon as it came out of my mouth. She says a lot of things that ring, that come, you know. Um, so that's why you always hear quotes from Pastor Mel. She made the comment, am I my brother's keeper? Right? Because that's what accountability is about. And let's go to Genesis 4. Genesis 4. Now, we're going to hover this, for this first part of accountability's cover around Genesis 2 and 4 because this is kind of the backdrop of earthly accountability. Now, you notice I said earthly accountability because uh, Lucifer was supposed to be accountable and then he decided, I want to be like the most high guy, <laughs> you know, so he aborted his level of accountability, right? But, but uh, what did I tell you, Genesis 4? I didn't know if I wanted to go to Genesis 2 first, but. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know if I wanted to just go to chapter 2 first, but we'll just do 4 since I said it. Be accountable to what I said, okay? All right. So Genesis 4 and uh, 9 and 10. So, and this is after Cain killed Abel out of envy and jealousy, right? It says, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, (laughs) now this says, I know not, but what we would say, I don't know. Like what you asking me for? (laughs) He was like, I know not. And then he hit, he's talking to God. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, so God's response is, and he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. He said, so, so, I, so I know you done done something because the blood done cried out. Like when you do wrong, a signal goes up to God on behalf of the person that you should have been doing right by, but you did wrong right? 
We talked about that this morning in the Bible study fellowship, right? All right, so why did Cain say, am I my brother's keeper? At that point, he was uh, uh, deflecting or, or dismissing himself from accountability. He was dismissing himself from accountability, right? I think about in the previous chapter, uh, Genesis 3, 3 through 13, you can write it down. You had Satan who started off not wanting to be accountable. See, I want to be like the most high. See, when I'm trying to elevate above the, the delegated authority, what I'm saying is I don't want to be accountable to authority. You see what I'm saying? Or let's say I'm not trying to elevate above, but Ray is over me, but I'm trying to be equal with Ray. Well, while Ray is pouring down all that's being poured into him, I'm standing next to him when I should be under him. Right? Soon as I decide to push myself to an equal platform with Ray, now I'm saying I don't have to receive from you. You know, when you hear, uh, uh, James, you wear pants, I wear pants. Why well, I got to listen to you? You know what I'm saying? That's, those statements are people now conforming to the world and shifting like, like uh, Satan did or Lucifer did and Cain did trying to deflect accountability. I don't want to be accountable, right? And, you know, uh, we were, I was talking to somebody recently and they said, well, this particular person, they don't want no bosses ever in their life. So basically what they're saying is they don't want to be an authority ever in their life because when you submit to authority, you have authority. See, accountability is big, but we look to, to get around accountability. So Genesis 3, uh, 3 through 13, I'm not going to read through it, but I'm going to give you the backdrop. So you have the adversaries trying to trick Eve to do what God told her not to do, right? And that's eat of the fruit, right? So obviously we know she ate of the fruit, then she gave it to her husband. It's like, you know, some misery loves company. Because do you think about as soon as she ate of the fruit, not only was she disobedient, but it took her out of the presence of God. So she felt some kind of way. She felt just like when we slip and we sin, there's a, there's a, a, a weight of darkness that, that, that rests on us. And as soon as she felt that, her thought was, I'm feeling a void. I feel uncovered. And so let me give to him and maybe he <laughs> so So he's with me so I'm not alone. You know, that's why misery wants company because it's, it's, I, it just doesn't feel right. So she gives to Adam and he eats. Okay, now they're both out of the presence of God. You think God knew something was missing? So it says he's walking, in, he's walking and he says, where are thou, Adam? You're not in my presence. He, he wasn't necessarily saying in my proximity, you're not in my presence. You don't walk out of the presence of God. You and eat. So Adam and Eve was tricked out of accountability. They were tricked out of accountability. But look at how they operate. When God came to him, he says, man, what did you do? He didn't go, I wasn't obedient to what you said. What came out of his mouth? The woman you gave me. He didn't own his choice. He blamed it on somebody else. The woman you gave me, he went to Eve. What did she do? I got tricked, I ate. She, did, she said, the serpent beguiled me, right? Nobody owned, they deflected, right? They didn't want to be what? Accountable, right? 
right? And 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 this is this is why when we cross over into sin, we lose accountability. You notice how? Um, and I know I've said this to people, so hopefully you don't you don't attach it to your specific situation. But this is the truth and the reality. You notice how people involve you in the issue when they want to get out of it, right? But when they're making moves that may be sketchy, they don't involve you in that. They talk to you after they made the move. But when they're in trouble, they, they involve you in all the detail. I'm not saying that to put anybody down. That's the nature of the flesh. You know, because in some situations, do you think Eve probably had an idea she wasn't supposed to do it? But she ain't checked with Adam. She wasn't accountable. Adam didn't check with God. He wasn't accountable. They both went and did something, and they could have just said, hey, you know, this dude over here is, you know, offering us to do something you told us not to do. You know, I mean, I know he used to be with you. Is this cool? You know, what's the wisdom here? Something as simple as wisdom here. Oh, he's trying to take your life. I don't think you want to do that. He's trying to take you out of my presence. I don't think you want to do that. I mean, for the most part, you come to me and pass them out. We'll just let you know if it's going to keep you in his presence and get you out of his presence. Move you closer to fulfillment or take you away from fulfillment. You still got to make the choice. We don't tell people what to do. You know, but sometimes we don't ask. We, we show up after. And, you know, that's a dangerous thing. See, you got to realize Satan lives in unaccountability. From, from Isaiah 14, you know, when he said, I'm going to be like the Most High. As soon as he started to say, I want to be like God, and then he was kicked out as lightning, he hasn't been accountable since. And so when you conform to the world, you're not going to be responsible or accountable. Now, we're not talking about perfection here because uh, uh, responsibility and accountability doesn't require um, perfection. What we're saying is, like... Yield to, we was talking about this this morning. Um, uh, we were talking about walking through Leviticus and pretty much all the things they had to do uh, to atone for sin, right? For the most part. You know, I think today we, we talked about, you know, if you, if somebody, you borrow something from somebody and you either didn't give it back or you messed it up, you had to be accountable for that. Now, I don't know what happened. You, you know, somebody gave you something, it's like, and you say, hey, man, you, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, my car has got this dent on it. For real? No, I was fine when I had it. I don't know what happened. <laughs> right? You know, but we talked about this morning how, you know, you got to fix the dent and some. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to own, you know, and take full responsibility. But then we, uh, so Tanya had brought up, she says, wow, like, you know, all these things they had to remember to atone. And all we got to do is just embrace Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Pastor Mel said, uh, what did Pastor Mel say? The Holy yeah, the Holy Spirit now convicts us, so lets us know, well, that's wrong, that's right, repent for this and repent from that. You know, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? And and so so I was just thinking, so we were talking about all the details. We were talking about even the, the details of uh, putting up and taking down the you know, the tents, you know, the tabernacles, you know, just the, the, the specifics. Uh, and we were saying how it's a lifestyle for them. And so 
I think with us is we've been trained and so conformed to this world, accountability, which is supposed to be normal for us, is a task for us. It's supposed to be, it's, it's not even like a big deal to the kingdom. It's like, oh, oh do you live accountability? I was talking to a, uh, uh, to a husband uh, in another state, and I was like, well, you, you know the Bible. Yes, it does say the woman is supposed to honor the man as the head. It does say the, the man is supposed to cherish the woman. But you know what says y'all submitting one to another? You're accountable to one another. I said, it started out with that. Then it got into the specific details and responsibilities of each person, right? So it's a normal thing to be accountable, right? It's a normal thing to be accountable, right? But we can't cross over to what God wants to have for us, like, uh, like, like this covenant with God sticking to our ways and our philosophies. Like we got our ways and our philosophies. And what's so dangerous is when we start to hear about accountability to the kingdom, we default back to our ways and our philosophies. Our struggles right now is our ways and our philosophies, right? And the, the trip is we hide so no one can hold us accountable. Like some of the best people in this church that are, you know, they're all Bible studies, oh, serve. Some of these people will serve to their drop. And, 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 and some of these people get frustrated because they're believing for things, but they don't realize the missing pieces of accountability. They're looking around for, you know, I tithe, you know, I give my time. Yeah, but you, you're not giving all of you. The, the Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might to the depths of you. Does he have your philosophies? Does he have all your ways? Right? Or does he just have your ways at church or on the Bible study fellowship call in the morning? What happens after that? Okay? All right. So a lot of times we're running from accountability. We're running from the other point of view. <laughs> right? We don't want to hear the other point of view. Um, some of us haven't been accountable most of our lives. Most of our lives, some of us haven't been accountable. Right? Some of us have been on our own most of our lives, on our own, doing our own things, our own ways. And, and, and how, do, how has this happened? Because some of us have not had the proper parental transition from covering. Because some of us weren't even covered by parents, right? And then some of us that was covered by parents, you know, you got to this place where you started to, as I was talking about my son and my grandson feeling yourself, right? Which is normal, you know, because once you start to develop a level of I can, you know, you get a little part-time job, got a little money in your pocket, you know, like you think you don't have to be accountable to the parents no more. You're like, I got this from here, you know. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all old, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it happens, right? You know, it's, it's happening to some of y'all right now, but guess what? Y'all yeah, was doing it to your parents. You forgot all about it? I just stopped by to tell you, to remind you, <laughs> you're reaping what you sow. All right, so um, some of us have learned to avoid accountability at every level of our lives. Now, listen to what I just said. Some of us have learned to avoid accountability at every level of our lives. So that means each level I get to, I recognize accountability and I come up in my inner man with a strategy to avoid it. 
at every level, I figured out a way to get around accountability. You know, uh, sometimes I'm, I still uh, access position, but I don't really maximize position because I figured out how to get around accountability, right? So because we've lived what, what I call the Lone Ranger life. You know, I'm, I'm old school Western dude. I still watch old school. My wife is like, what are you watching? Westerns. You know, I'm still watching Clint Eastwood stuff, you know, over and over and over again. How the West was one. It's like a three-hour three hour movie, over and over again. Well, the Lone Ranger was my guy. I'd watch Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger and Tano, I'd watch that all day, right? But the interesting thing is, Lone Ranger don't work in the kingdom. Lone Ranger is what the name of it. You know what I'm saying? You know, people were trained to be rangers back then. And they traveled in posses. This is a lone ranger. And most of us, uh, for whatever particular reason or, or somehow or another, we've learned to be lone rangers. Well, you know why? Hey, I'm not going to give me a hard time. You know, I'm okay. But everybody else may think this is stupid, but I'm pretty okay with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm fine with it. Right? So I, so, I, so I couldn't wait to be by myself alone. Because I, you know, because you work so hard to get out of that. Hey, 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 did you clean your room up? Hey, what time are you coming back? Did you take care of what I asked you to take care of? You know, like, do you, you hear this for a long time and you can't wait to, ain't nobody around. I don't have to take care of nothing if I don't want to. Right? Right? That's just what you think, right? Don't, you know how people just say amen, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and so we were talking about, uh, uh, so, so I said, to, I talked about the transition. We missed the transition from parent, uh, what did I say, from a parental transition, right? And so, so we, we kind of slipped in courting the other day. You remember? We slipping and courting, and I gave you a, 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 just like a quick definition how courting is the covering of accountability until covenant. Courting is the covering of accountability until covenant, right? Courting is the covering of accountability until covenant. And, and how could I? So, so, so let me explain because we talked about this parental transition. So, ideally, this is ideal. We're, very few people in our culture has been in ideal situations because of what? We got how many, how many titles? We got the baby boom. We got generation X, Y, Z, W, right? We got all these different generations, millennials, whatever, right? All these labels. Basically, all these things are saying from the time of the baby boom, which was people in, in, in high school, when I was in high school, having babies. So it was basically teenagers having babies, so teenagers raising the babies. So I remember my senior year. I remember I saw little babies with big gold ropes on. Because, you know, back in the 80s, it was, you know, it was gold ropes. It was uh, shell toes. So I saw, like, little babies with gold ropes, shell toes. Like, the baby don't know what a gold rope is. You can put anything you want. They don't really care about all that. But, but you, these babies having babies, right? Then I knew some people that, that, that uh, sold pharmaceuticals just for the sake of, you know, kids here, right? And their babies had, like, furs, like, I'm talking about, like, reversible denim furs and, you know, like, 
they're kind of matching them up because they're kids. Then their kids was calling them by their first name. So there wasn't a line in the sand. Well, you don't know. And, and what they were saying was, I'm not going to treat my child the way I was treated, thinking the way they're, they're, they're treated was wrong, only because it was uncomfortable. So instead of giving their child what was best, they was like, you know, uh, somebody might say, I'm never going to spank my child. Oh, no, there's some times the children need spanking. For the record, if you don't know that, I'm telling you right now. But they're like, they might have been abused. I'm not spanking my child at all, right? They can call me Kathy or whatever or Pete, right? All right, so now you have a child raising a child. Well, what is the child learning? They're learning from a what? An immature adult. So they're not going to be like the immature adult. They're going to be worse. They're going to double down on it. The next generation is going to what? Triple down on it. Quadruple down on it. So by the time we get to where we at now, generation whatever, you have a lot of immature folk. And so they're not properly transitioning. So now let's go back to this parent, the ideal situation. So ideally, you grow up with a family, mom and dad, right? And you're accountable and you're responsible, right? But then you get to an age where it's time for you to transition or, or fly, have your wings. You know, even the eagles know that. We're going to make the nest uncomfortable because it's time for you to fly. Now, I'm hoping you get uncomfortable and you jump out the nest. Nest, if that don't work, I'm going to throw you out. Because, you know, if you're not flying, you might as well be dying, right? Parents don't do that. What they do is they, they, they start to see, okay, now we got to prepare them for the next level, right? So it's, it's going to be a little more uncomfortable now. You know what I'm saying? Because now I was taking all the responsibility. Now you have to take some responsibility. More than just cleaning your room, okay? Right? Because I'm preparing you for out there. I'm not going to be in class. I'm not going to be in college. I'm not going to be in all your relationships. So I got to equip you so you'll do what I would do when I'm not around. Right? All right, so you're, you're covered. Now, ideally, the female is covered, and the, and the, the man gives the, the, his daughter away to the husband. Right? 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 Yeah, we do a lot of weddings around here. Come down. Who gives this bride marriage? I do. Right? So that's a pass-off. Now, she was under my covering. I'm transitioning her to be under her husband's covering. Where's the gaps? There is none. I'm covered my entire life with my parents. I go under the covering of a man of God. From the baby bone up to now, the baby bone, there was a little bit of a gap. Because now you have what? Single mothers, single fathers, Right? But when you double, triple, quadruple down, now there's a lot of gap. Now people are used to being alone, leaving home and, and being uncovered. Because some people break out of a house as opposed to transition out. You break out, you're uncovered. You transition out, you're covered. Right? And so now you break out and you, you start what? You're by yourself, right? But you're by yourself, you're not covered. There's no accountability. So... You're not going to develop the same because nobody's checking you, right? Especially if you ain't at no church, right? You're just out here doing what you feel like it. 
And so you're going to constantly make mistakes because you can't stretch you like I would stretch you. You see what I'm saying? Because you're going to feel the pain. Do you understand what I mean? Like, so we, we don't always do what's best. We talk a good game, but sometimes we're supposed to work out every day. If somebody doesn't hold us accountable, we ain't working out. Some of us. Right? At all. Or maybe for a week. But you need it for your health, right? But what you did, what have you done? You've trained people to leave you alone to not, so you don't have to be accountable. You, you see what I'm saying? Guys, guys are supposed to be under recovering, right? Accountable. Then they go and they're trained to take responsibility over someone. So I'm accountable to cover somebody. No gaps. What's messing us all up is we've had so many gaps, we don't know how to be accountable. A basic principle to live life. So if we don't know how to be accountable, we don't know how to be covered. And when you're exposed, the adversary will take you out. He will take your emotions and, and drag you around every day. You'll know what you're supposed to do one day, and 15 minutes later, you're doing the total opposite of what you know is best. But if you had accountability, like, what you doing? But soon somebody say, what you doing? Don't judge me. No, what you doing is saying, what are you doing? You committed to do something. Do what you committed to do. Don't let the devil drag you around. They're not judging you. They're checking you. Which is what they're supposed to do. We're supposed to. It says... Open rebuke is better than secret love in the Bible because it's holding people accountable, making them own what they committed to. Didn't we just read that? If you make a vow, you, you brought it out, right, Pastor Mal? In the Bible study fellowship. Like, like, look at all the stuff they had to go through if they vowed something and didn't do it. They, had, they were accountable for what they vowed. Around, around here, in this culture now, you know what? Oh, man. Oh, I got some revelation today. Oh, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm locked in. In that moment, you in the moment, but you ain't going to be, you ain't going to hold, you ain't going to allow nobody to hold you accountable for what you said. And that, that, that's from tithing, serving, and everything else. What are we doing? And then if somebody so much has said, but you will, where you at? Why are you asking? Because I'm holding you accountable. Because you, it's easy for you to drift. You see what I'm saying? But well, we running from account. Hey, if you show up and somebody look like they're going to ask you something, what? You got something you want to say? Y'all Christians, man. What, when I'm backsliding because I'm not here? I don't know if you're backsliding, but you're not. We're missing what we need from you. I know that. So I don't know if you're backsliding. But, but we ain't get, you ain't got our back. I know that. You, you can't have our back if you ain't here. Ooh-wee. All right, so, so, so what happens is the adversary understands there's gaps. So he tries to get us when we're in the gap. Like when we're not, see, if I'm not covered, if a person's not covered, the adversary's like, okay, this is the best time to get them. 
Because you, you, ever, you ever been in a bad relationship and now you start getting around people that's, you know, the heirs and people start, to, you know, truth and love. And then they go, that person doing this to you? Why would you let them do that? And then and at first, you know, because if you're around James, James would be like, because James be like saying, I'm, believe it or not, James says, I'm politically correct. So y'all need to drop your rocks, leave me alone. All y'all saying, hey, she coming too strong. That's not what James said. He might not count because he's from Brooklyn, but, but James like, okay, well, pastor's going to keep it politically correct, but I'm going to tell you like it is because I'm not the pastor. But I know James be giving y'all those looks. Like, what are you doing? You're actually going to do that? Are you just going to let them just run over you like that? That's holding you accountable. But you notice how the other person, okay, this person may bring it up on their own when they get the mic, but I'm going to bring it up right now. So this person, this person start coming in the environment. So, so we, we, we recognize some things. And as we recognize some things, it's like, do you notice this, this, that, and the other? Well, the person realized uh-oh, he's around accountability. I'm not going to be able to get over. So what they did, I had a wonderful conversation with me and my wife. I mean, it was a blessed conversation. But they only wanted to have a conversation to say they had it. So they went to the person and said, man, I talked to them, man. They tripping, this, that, and the other. It, listen, it was a wonderful conversation. There was nothing even to talk about that was negative. But they were trying to get the person away from accountability. And for a short period of time, It worked. Because they was like, oh, no, I don't need you seeing. When you get around them, you see too much. I don't need you to see. See, when you get around good people, they're going to hold you accountability to your sight. Like, are you using your sight? Your God-given sight, not your eyes, because your eyes have been tricking you. Right? Are you using it? People don't want you to be around that, so what they do is they'll figure out a way to get you away from it. Then if that don't work, they'll, the adversary goes, okay, what? They ain't work? They still going around? Let's see what I got. Ooh, oh, oh, no, no, no. I don't put a detonator of anxiety. I'll get some anxiety in there. I'll try some illness, some depression. Well, let's get somebody to betray them. That normally works. Yeah. Uh, that don't work. You can always keep them busy. Yeah, you keep them so busy, they'll never be around them people. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a last-ditch effort, you know, for our tougher people, just send some disappointment that way. That normally throws them off. Just a little bit of disappointment. That throw them off track. All right, call me back if you have any trouble. All right, see you later. Bye. This is what goes on, goes on all the time, right? And what happens is when these things are thrown our way, the anxieties, the illnesses, depression, stuff like that, we use them as outs to excuse us from accountability and responsibility. I can't be accountable. I don't feel well. I can't be accountable. You know, um, I'm going through something. Somebody played me. That don't stop the train. <laughs> that don't stop the train. Um, see, we can't say we want to grow in life and have our privacy or our own business. You can have your own business. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So I'm going to use Pete. So she's talking to Pete. 
Pete go, uh, so Pete's talking to Mary. Pete and Mary sitting over here. Y'all don't see him, but they here. And so Mary goes, she goes up to the mic and she's like, well, suppose you're in a situation where sometimes it's hard for you to communicate, right? So we answer the question. Mary sits down. Pete go, girl, why are you telling my business out here? Why are you putting my business out here? You know, no. Mary was trying to get some wisdom and insight and she came to be accountable. Pete don't want the business out there because he been gaming. He got this girl going crazy. He don't need her around any other wisdom or counsel because he can't keep flipping it and flipping it and flipping it and flipping it and flipping it. Right? He don't, no, he don't need her accountable. Right? And so sometimes we're, we're, we find ourselves fighting against this accountability. So, so I asked this question a long time ago. We're like, what are we fighting for? And can it sustain our lives? Right now, like, we, 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 we get some pushback. Can it sustain our lives? You know, a lot of times, sometimes we're fighting at the expense of our lives. We're fighting accountability at the expense of our lives. All right, all right. so, so the, the people that are accountable, that are truly accountable, um, they hear... You know, remember when, when God said, I heard the cries of um, Abel, Abel's blood, right? And when we're accountable, we hear the cries. Uh, we hear their cries also, and we answer his call so we can save the lost. Like, there's people crying out all around us. You can hear it in the atmosphere. And how, that cry, how those cries come up, they come up as needs. Right now, you have the children that have needs. You got the youth that have needs. You have the singles that have needs. You got the marriages that have needs. So it's not, listen, listen, it's not about just activity. People need ministry. They need to be held accountable. But a lot of times, we don't put people in a position of accountability. You know, and it's so interesting, like, over the years, like, to this day, I have a, some, some solid abiding relationships. But a lot of these relationships I established when these people were young. Some of these people come through, they could be coaches, this, that, and the other. I was ministering to them when they were really young, teenagers. You know, they've grown into what they do now. But, um, and consistently, I would hold them accountable. There's people come through that I had, well, he was one of them. I had him in youth ministry. But he will tell you, throughout his life, I would call, like, he wasn't going to the church. He, went, he left the church in Ohio. <laughs> you know, then, you know, he moved out here. I didn't even know he was here. <laughs> Why? Because he didn't want to be accountable. <laughs> right? For like, what, seven months, right? Right? Uh, six or seven months. But the trip is, I've always held them accountable, but not beat them up. But we still have a relationship. That dude back there, well, he's back there trying to hide. Same thing, hold them accountable. And some stuff he ain't want to hear. There's some stuff that I've said recently he ain't want to hear. But I'm not, I'm not trying to be liked. I'm laying down my like for my friend. I'm holding him accountable. Right? This is the, this is, so I still got a relationship with him. I, somebody sent me, uh, one of the young ladies, she sent me a tape from back when I taught in youth ministry. And I taught on a... 
Faith, comeback player of the year. And she sent a copy of the tape and said, this is still good. Then I just talked to another gentleman, contacted me from LinkedIn. And he said, you don't know me. He says, but uh, I'm married too. And he told me his wife's name. He said, so she was in youth ministry. I just went to high school with him. All right. She was in youth ministry. And he said, he says, I feel like I know you. He said, all I hear about is the things you said. I know this particular person held them accountable. So it's a missing piece. See, you're not going to have long-term relationships with pacifying people because they're going to wake up and realize you weren't their friend. You didn't do what's best for them. You did what was comfortable for you. Right? That's what it's about. So, so again, uh, we got to hear, just like he said, that your brother's voice is crying. Uh, there's another scripture in Genesis 18 that says, and the Lord says, because the shriek of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is exceeding grievous. He says, I hear it. And I've hear, heard it, so I got to do something. I got to hold them accountable for what they're doing. Genesis 18, 20. Right? See... Some of us can save folk if we decide to be accountable for just what God is telling you to do. Now, don't get mad, um, but, but I got I to gotta hit everything. You, you know, somebody, some, of y'all, some of us are going to save lives if we just lose weight. We don't even realize. See, see don't, don't listen. Stay, stay focused here because we're going to hold you accountable. Right? Because I have to do it. Do you understand some people are, are struggling with this? And when they see you get delivered, it, it inspires them. There's lives that were saved because we was obedient to move to Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? So, so when people see you consistent in the word, people from the people that saw you the first time just having to talk about the women's uh, uh, women's fellowship and, and shaking like a leaf. Remember that? <laughs> right? To listening to how you share. There's people that come back to the church and be like, that can't be Trina. You know, from watching you be accountable to the word. Do you understand that? This, this, there's, there's lives you guys change because they used to go with you to the, was, was the Dollar Tree. They used to go with you to the Dollar Tree. Do you understand? Like, 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 like there's lives you're changing by humbling yourself and, and embracing what you need to do to get what God wants you to do. Right? Because it ain't about you. It's about the kingdom. Right? It's like three people in one area and they're all figuring out, was he talking to me? Is this? It kind of applies, but I'm not sure. <laughs> right? Would you say connecting? Right, right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so, like when I stop getting high, when I stop going to clubs, when I stop drinking, I stop chasing women. Do you understand? When I decide to be accountable to the word, lives start getting changed. Some people follow me out of that mess. So, so it's the, your life is not your own. It ain't just about you. The struggle is real, but if you don't win, other people will lose. Like, you got to win. You got to get out of this stuff. Uh, uh, Psalm 94, 16. Let's go here real quick. Psalm 94, 16. Accountability. 
That's why it says many are called, but few are chosen. Because very few people that are called want to be accountable. I'll say this to you guys respectfully. I am not stupid. God has done some things in my life, on my life, and through my life. I'm not dumb. Uh, I think the reputation is, you know, he doesn't like attention. He don't really want this, that, and the other. Listen, I, I want appreciation. I like when people do things for me. I really do. I can't handle it. That's all that is. I just can't. I can't handle all that attention. And I'm really, really a stickler about I hadn't been able to handle the attention. Well, let me finish my thought before you jump into my sermon. All right. But I'm, I'm a, from this angle, I'm a real stickler about not, uh, not drinking God's glory. Like, I'm such a stickler about that. So I'm navigating to appreciate but not soak in it too much because y'all need me not to do that. Because that's when you get overconfident. That's when you start to get puffed up, arrogant, you know, when you relax. When you, relax. But, but you also can't be so rigid, you know. So I'm trying, I'm working through navigating how God wants me to do things. You know, because the more you do, see, if, as everybody grows, what I do looks normal. But if everybody's not disciplined, what I, what I do looks like, oh, my God. It ain't that serious. It's only that serious because everybody needs to step up. If everybody's stepping up, oh, that's what we do. That's what you're supposed to do. You lay hands on a person and they got healed. That's what we do around here. You know what I'm saying? You know, share the word, the power of God flow through it. That's what we do around here. Presence of God in the house, you know, person open their mouth and sing, the whole atmosphere changed. Everybody that opens their mouth and sing, the, whole, the, whole, the atmosphere changed. That's what we do around here. It only stands out when everybody's not yielding and being accountable for their gifts. Right? We're supposed to have all things in common. That's what the scripture says in Acts chapter 4. Right? You see, you see what I'm saying? So, so it's like, well, that's for you. That's not me. No, that's not true. I'm just, no, you want to do at least the basics of what, of what we do around here. We're going to have different personalities and different giftings, but our core foundation of discipline and diligence should be the same. Okay. I see that. It's going on real good. <laughs> Psalm 94, 16. It says, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Right? It says, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. Right? So who, who, who? Is it you, Ed? Who, 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 who? I'm not an owl. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 how many laborers do we have for the harvest? Who's going to be accountable for the harvest? Accountable for souls. Every opportunity we have, we're looking for opportunity to share the gospel. 
Say something about the Lord. I just be throwing stuff at. You know, God was lifting, you know, just getting my legs getting strong, so I'm lifting all these plates today. And God was like, man, that's a lie. He says, you must got good knees. I said, my knees have gotten better. Then I, I, just, I just start a conversation. That's all I did. I'm busy. But I just start a conversation. Yeah, yeah, my knees used to be bad back in 2000. I didn't realize 2000 was 23 years ago when I broke my patella. It's like 23 years ago. So then I start talking about, you know, my life and how we moved out here and stuff like that. And, and, and then, uh, you know, I was going to bring it up. I like, yeah, 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 we, we have a, a church in Charlotte. And so, because I want to talk about the Lord. And then I can start talking about the different things. You know, we start talking about real estate and I'm talking about different things God was doing. You know, why? Because I always want to bring up God. I'm trying to get it in all the time. I'm, I got it in with one person. I, well, I'm, I'm still listening to this one guy because I don't recall ever really t- telling him, talking to him, but saying hi. But every time I see him, he goes, hey, pastor, how you doing? And I was like, did he say pastor? Because <laughs> I don't recall telling him. You know what I'm saying? But I'm constantly talking to people. Now, because of y'all, how y'all be rolling, I got to bring my Bible with me to the gym. I always got my phone, but I got to bring my, I'm talking about my old Bible. Because, you know, we walking through the, 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 the uh, Leviticus and all that stuff. We, folk be asking questions, and I don't have my Bible. So I'm bringing, I'm, ro- I'm rolling with my Bible now. So I can be like, hold on a second. Hold on, I got, you know, I got plenty of notes in there, right? But, but I'm, I'm, I got my Bible with me. One time I brought a, I was studying for how to interpret scriptures, so I was taking that with me to the gym, and I was studying between sets. So this guy came up to me, he says, you know, uh, he says, uh, a lot of people watching you. I said, huh? This was in Statesville. He says, uh, and I noticed uh, what you was reading the other day. He says, actually, there's it's, it's some other Christians in here. And he was like, that guy over there, he's the pastor, that guy over there, this, that, and the other. But he said... He says, people have been paying attention to you. So you don't know who's paying attention to you. Are you accountable, right, for the harvest, right? All right, and I think that's uh, Matthew 9, labors for the harvest, right? Uh, uh, in Romans 14, we're not going to read the Romans the whole, well, my note says read it. So let's go to Romans 14. Again, accountability. So accountability is just not being in a situation where people are telling you what to do. They're holding you accountable for the life that Christ died for. Right? To make sure we don't squander our gifting. All right, so we're going to start here at verse 5. Romans 14, verse 5. It says, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. That means even though I'm focused on the day, but I'm I'm accountable to the Lord throughout the day. It says he that regardeth not the day uh, to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. He that giveth God thanks, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord, he eateth not and, and giveth God, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For, it says, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are what? The Lord's. 
It says, for to this end both, to this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be the Lord's, be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? And why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, save the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Everyone shall what? Give account. I don't know if I want to read all of this. Because uh, it's a lot. But you can read on to, uh, up to verse 23 to yourself. But as you can see, we're, as we live and we live this life, we're doing it as unto the Lord. We're giving account for everything that we do. We're not just casual or, or freelancing in the things that we do. Um, it, it, the scripture says in 1 Peter 2.15, it says, for, for so it is the will of God that you should put to silence men with well-doing. So we're given account to make sure we fully represent God in how we operate. And we'll put the silence to people that are criticizing those that call themselves Christians. Because we're accountable to represent what we represent. John 5.30 says, I seek not my own will. I seek not my own will. And so accountability is big. It's very important. It's nothing to play with. And it's been cheating us from a lot of things in our life. You know, accountability is uh, it's a, it's living a life of exposure. We're not hiding. It's a willingness to be measured. It's a willingness to be measured. It's not a freelance life. So what I do can be measured. Now, you got folk that are responsible for stuff and never report what they do. That's not, you're not being accountable. Right? Uh, Acts 19.14, we should be able to give account the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, Psalm 37, 23, right? They're ordered by the Lord. So I'm not just doing what I want to do. I'm mindful of God. Remember, David said, shall I pursue even when it looked obvious? There's a couple situations that looked obvious. He could have took uh, Saul out. You know, he could have went back and got his family. He said, shall I pursue? The Lord said, you shall pursue and recover all. So he did everything as unto the Lord. So he's a man after God's own heart because he, he was accountable. So think about this. Some of you are parents. Some of you are not parents. Some of you may be in relationships. Um, and some of you just may be a part of teams or ministries. So let's say if you're a part of a team and somebody doesn't show up. How do you feel? Because that is just off of what? A domino effect, right? Somebody's late. How do you feel? Sets off a domino effect, right? Right? If you're in, in a relationship and, you know, you guys are supposed to meet at a, a meeting place and they don't show up, how do you feel? Like, you know, you, you, you've, you've orchestrated your entire day. You're on a job. You got a meeting, right? And, you know, the, the company hasn't been going the way it's supposed to go. So he's like, we're going to call this meeting together. Just get everybody on the same page, right? And you ever had that meeting and the very person you want to get the information ain't there? Like the devil called them up and said, nah, man, I don't think you want to go to that meeting. They're they going to talk about you. Avoid it. And then so now you still got the same issues going on for some reason. 
they don't make that meeting. How do you feel? How do you feel when your kids trusted you and then all of a sudden you can't tell them nothing? How do you feel about that? That you can't tell them nothing. And every time you tell them something, they're looking at you like, I've been telling you you're old. If you look in the mirror, you see you're old. Everything coming out of your mouth to me is old. How do you feel about that? They're like, remember, like, whatever you said before was like, they couldn't wait. Now it's like, really? Or, or, or if you got the special kids, they listen to you and it seemed like they got it and then they do something totally opposite. How do you feel about that? I just want you to marinate on the, at least the parents. How do you feel about that now? Now you know how God feels. Same thing. And then some of y'all that don't have kids, you're sowing what you're going to read right now. Might want to act right. <laughs> so you're chilling act right. But you, see, you understand what I mean by that? Soon as someone aborts accountability in your life, it makes you feel some kind of way, right? Can't trust them. Don't know if they're going to be there. Constantly like, like, what are you doing? No follow through. You left the house and say, hey, I need you to take care of this, that, and the other. They don't call you and say, hey, I just want to let you know I took care of the dishes, this, that, and the other. Right? And you're tripping like, then you, get, you come home and it's a surprise. So what was you doing while you was here? Didn't I ask you to do something? You know, you know how you get, right? What do you think God's thinking? Suppose God responded to you the way you respond to your kids. Hello? Hello? Anybody here? <laughs> Just want you to think about that. See, see, that's why what Jesus did in, in Hebrews 11.25 was so big. Because Jesus was chilling with Pharaoh. And he was whether to suffer the afflictions of, of the opposition than the pleasures of sin for a season. You know what he was saying? I can't live in this comfort without drinking accountability. I'm responsible. I, gifting is calling. My, my purpose is calling me. Man, I don't care how, how cushy my life is. I'm not going to be at peace unless I respond to what I'm accountable to do and what I'm called and purpose to do. So I leave this comfort for right now, and I'm going to take on a responsibility. Some of us, man, we wouldn't, we'd still be at Pharaoh's house. <laughs> Talking about God bless the child, got his own. That ain't my responsibility. You know, right? As opposed to embracing responsibility. So there's a cost of accountability and responsibility. I'm going to just take a few minutes with this and then we'll jump off here, right? Um, and, 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 and the reality is this. Obedience is, isn't optional to the accountable. Obedience isn't optional to the accountable. People that are accountable, obedience is not an option because they know that that's their key in their time with God. I got to be obedient. For people that are unaccountable, eh, I might be obedient, I might not. They listen to God's word on a what I feel like today basis. Not, whoa, 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 
I got I got to line up with that, right? See, Jesus was obedient unto death. See, the accountable and the response. I was talking to a young man uh, in another state, um, and this this is this is what he got out of what we talked about. He said the account the accountable and responsible know the cost. They know that there is a cost and they're willing to pay it. So the accountable, well, it was, I was talking to Will Allen and we was talking about this uh, uh, maybe a year ago. And he said the accountable and responsible, responsible, we were on a conversation, he said, man, I get it. He said the accountable and responsible, they know the cost. They know that there is a cost and they're willing to pay it. See, the irresponsible, the unaccountable, they don't know the cost because they ain't looking for it. They don't, they don't know there is a cost. You know how you're frustrated with your kids when they don't realize every, the electric costs money, the food costs money, their clothes cost money, you know, when they take stuff for granted? When they don't realize the cost, uh, uh, one person uh, was talking to somebody, somebody else in another state this week and, you know, been trying to look out for a family member. This person is very accomplished, you know, achieved uh, some phenomenal things in life. So he's trying to set up the family member to do the same thing. And so for years, I mean, because I remember when this particular family member was young and it was always putting this person in a position, like, like stopped what they were doing in their life to make sure they were in position to assist this person to have some of the same opportunities they have. Now the person is older, taking everything for granted. Just told the person, you ain't done nothing for me. I was like, that was a joke, right? Because I know I'm on the outside. What I seen on the outside is like, was major sacrifice. What about the details of what's been done? And, and the person that was making the sacrifices, they could have just been chilling because they paid. They don't need nothing. But they sacrifice their comforts to give that person the opportunity to be in this same position. Saying, it ain't nothing enough for me. See, that's a person that doesn't know the cost, that there is a cost, and they sure ain't trying to pay nothing. Take everything for granted. But the scripture says this in Luke 14, 28. Who builds a house and don't count the cost? Whether they have sufficient to finish it. You don't start anything without counting the cost first. A lot of these situations, we get into relationships. That's why we talked about the courtship the other day, because we get into relationships. We don't count the cost. We, we just move based on our feelings. But the thing about your emotions, emotions cloud you from the cost. Then when the cost come, it shocks your system. Now you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, you're all over the place. You know, you, you need medication and all types of stuff because now you exposed yourself to something that you should have, you got to protect your heart from, right? You know, because you was uncovered. You didn't say, whoa, this looks like it's a possibility, but let's come under the covering of accountability. That's what courtship is. So, I, so I'm making sure I'm covered as I'm vetting to see if, if I should open my heart up to this. No, we just open our heart, hearts up all the time, right? So we're, you know, a lot of things, we start businesses, we take jobs, you know, we jump around to different churches because we're not counting the cost. 
It's all about accountability. And this is the other thing. We got to challenge ourselves because just like accountability wants to be in private, that's why the adversary tries to get us with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes of pride of life because it's in private. And so what he does is in private, he'll, he'll, he'll steal your sight and you'll lose sight of accountability, right? Because see, lust pushes us to be independent of accountability. When we get caught up in a lust, we, we, we push to be independent of accountability. And, and, and stay focused right now. Don't get so convicted because you slipped in the lust. And that's the, that's, that should tell us something right there. Anytime we slip in a lust, I don't care what level it is, we come to church, we all convicted. We shift where we sit. We don't want to talk to Pastor Melanie. <laughs> she, I think she sees me. She sees me. She knows. She knows. I know she knows. She's got to know. I know she knows, she knows. Look at her, she's smiling because she knows. <laughs> like you're going through all this stuff. Why take yourself through all that? Oh, I, okay, let me just be real. I can't just say that like it's that easy. But I'm saying if you kind of look at the results, that should be your incentive. Your incentive should be, man, look at all the stuff it takes me through. Look at, look at the arguments right after lust. Okay, if you don't see the arguments, I'm here to tell you that's where the argument came from. Um, every time, not every once in a while. Because we don't got it in the lust. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and again, it's no respect to a person. Listen, the, the most uh, docile, prissy, uh, somebody could look uh, uh, retarded, uh, they could look like uh, a solid business person. They, they could look like an old fool. Guess what? Lust is no respect to a person. It's trying to steal everybody's lives. And on the other side, we get the arguments, we get the misunderstanding, we all short all of a sudden, snapping at everybody. Then uh, we're defensive about everything, right? And we definitely ain't accountable. And we sure don't want to come nowhere near men and women of God. Right? See, all that stuff is stealing accountability. We got to challenge those things because it'll have us independent of accountability. And then we'll, we'll go into, the scripture says in Philippians 2, all seek their own. All seek their own. That's not accountability. Right? Scripture says this, be confident in this very thing that that, no, I'm sorry, that's Philippians. First John says, um, we have this confidence if we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us and we have the petitions that we desire of him, right? First, first John 5.14. But it says, in harmony with his according to, accord, uh, when you play a chord, a chord is a harmony word, in harmony with his will. So I'm like, I have to be accountable to his will, to pray according to his will, knowing that he hears me and I'm going to have a petitions. It starts with I'm accountable to the word. So a person that God knows is accountable to the word, of course he's listening to and he's going to give them what they ask. Because he already knows that their default is the word. A person that is not in the world, in their feelings and in their emotions and in self, like, 
First of all, you ain't even speaking God's language. You're speaking out of emotion and feeling. How many conversations have you had with people? And they're saying stuff, you're like, that ain't even lining up. Because they're clouded. Out of the abundance of the heart, their mouth speak. They're speaking fear and they want results, not speaking faith. You see what I'm saying? So that's why, and, and we got to be more diligent. Listen, take the next best step from here. If you're not really a reader, read. Let's say if you're not a reader. Read a half a chapter a day, every day, for 90 days. And guess what? Then make it a chapter after the 90 days. Do that for 90 days. Then make it a chapter and a half. Okay, that's not a lot at all. That probably takes all of a half a minute. I, don't do exactly what somebody can say. Well, you said read half a chapter. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Find what you can do every day for 90 days. Half a chapter, chapter, two chapters, three chapters, whatever, for every day. No, I didn't say every, I didn't say skipping days, five days a week, skip a day, do six days a week, skip a day. No, every time you skip a day, you got to start all over. The clock starts all over. So you can't just be adding more. I read for 90 days. I only missed like three days. Well, you didn't read 90 days straight. Do it for 90 days straight, all right? And then after that, add to it, whatever it is. Let's say you read a whole three, two chapters for 90 days, and you want to add two chapters in a verse. I don't care what you add, but whatever you add, do it daily. And now you build up momentum. Now you get through that agony, right? Take a day, a week. Put it on your calendar. It's my study day. Well, I don't know what to study. You get all this word, write down the scriptures in church. Take the scriptures and research them and read through them for yourself. Search the scriptures to see if it's so. That's your study time. So I'm going to give you reading time. I'm going to give you study time. Then find something that you're really, let's say you're dealing with emotion. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. Meditate on Isaiah 26.3 all day if you got to until it becomes like a default. Anytime you feel uh, funky in your mind, man, I thank you, Lord. You keep me in perfect, you keep them in perfect peace with mind and stayed on you. I thank you have me in perfect peace because my mind stayed on you. Let's say you're dealing with lust. You know, I thank you, Lord. I walk in the spirit and I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.16. Say it all over, over and over and over. So you're now meditating on the word, Right? Or let's say these crazy thoughts pop up in your mind. Lord, cast down all imaginations, every high thing that's exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Simplify it. I cast down all imaginations in Jesus' name. But you're, you're chewing on the word. So I don't give you reading, I don't give you study, and I don't give you meditation. I said, this time. And find a supplemental book. That really is a word book, not something that just say God on it because you don't know what God is talking about. Could be talking about some sun God, right? No, for real. Like everything that says God doesn't mean it's talking about God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But find something that's on the word. We have a book list. If you don't have a book list, we'll give you the book list again. We'll send you the book list, you know, whether it's Good Morning Holy Spirit, Abiding Christ, or, you know, all these things. Some of the books we talk about in the school, you know, find something as a supplement. 
And that's the only way I can think of saying it. Hang your butt in church. Like, be it, like stop. Be, every time the doors is open and you could be here, be here. Because there's going to be days you can't. But if you're not here the days you can, and the days show up that you can't, when you start piling them up, you find yourself drifting. So make sure you're here every day you can. And don't, don't be so busy running from accountability. You create things so you're not here. Because I can guarantee you, if you got a, a vacation schedule, if you got your favorite TV shows, we be working stuff around the TV shows. I used to schedule my classes around the master mix. So if you got a schedule and you got priorities, when somebody asks you to do something, you say, if it works with your schedule. If you easily can do stuff when it's time for church, that means it's not a priority in your schedule. Because in any other thing, what you'll do is you'll say, I have this schedule. I'm going to have to find a workaround. I'm going to have to find something. I'm going to have to find what I want to do at another time or day that doesn't conflict with my priorities. But the reason why you haven't found it, because you wasn't looking for it, because we just be winging it. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. So it's more about what we want to do as opposed to plan off of what we're accountable to. All right? So I don't helped. So none of us have any excuses. So, so that's what's stopping momentum. Like we don't realize what we're missing. We don't realize what we're missing on Bible study fellowship. It's six to eight. Everything in the church is designed so we're not at the building all the time. We're only real, primarily. We're we're really here Sunday and Wednesday, primarily. People can choose to supplement on Friday afternoon if they want to. I do because I want to grow. Early in the morning, 6 to 8, what are we doing? You got people listening, people driving, people on their way to work, people at work because they can listen in and still get their work done. You know what I'm saying? So... But it's early in the mornings before most everybody's day start. And the thing is, sometimes we struggle with getting up because we up until four in the morning trying to find something to watch. So, yes, it's kind of hard to get up at six. But look at all this time that was invested trying to find something to watch. Why can't we invest some time with finding out how to live? We spend hours looking for nothing. I've done it. It's got to be something here to watch. Then I, my, where I watch TV is right next to my study. So I'd be like, really? Ain't nothing on. I just go over to the study. <laughs> like, might as well go over to the study. <laughs> be ahead of sermons, right? You understand what I'm saying? So that was extra. That, I, wouldn't, I wasn't planning to talk, to talk to that. I'll give you this. Let's close out with this here. Uh, I got this from Mark Barkley. Um, I heard it a long time ago. He said, gentleman said he was, uh, he wasn't, uh, uh, this gentleman said he wasn't coming to church because, because, uh, oh, because preachers are all the same. They take your money and don't do what they say. So that's why the guy said he wasn't coming to church. So, 
Mark Bartley caught the guy the next service and said, you're not welcome at this church. He said, why, he asked. He said, you Christians are all the same. Uncommitted with no accountability and helps. You don't tithe. You steal God's money. And you don't do what God tells you to do. He was joking, but he was saying, we're quick to say why we don't come to church because what preachers do. But he was like, suppose the preacher did that. So what he did, because the guy looked at him, he said, what do you mean I can't come to church? He said, because you Christians are all the same. So he's basically telling him, if I took that attitude that you're taking, I'm kicking everybody out of church. You got to, you got to, this is the accountability is, is talking through, it's working through relationships. What we're trying to forge here at the church. Guess what? I'm going to tell you right now. This week, somebody at the church is going to say something that's going to make you uncomfortable. All right, Ed, what did I just say? Pastor Mel, what did I just say? Somebody's going to say something. All right, so I, got, I just want at least two witnesses. Because I already told you, right? But guess what? You don't get permission to run to get offended, to get mad because somebody says something to make you uncomfortable. You do have permission to ask them, hey, what did you mean by that? You do have permission to let them know, hey, ooh, that, that hurt. Like, then what was your intent there? You do have permission to talk it through, to forge a good relationship. This woman right here, this is my best friend. I said, okay, so... A few weeks is my birthday. A few weeks after that is our 30th anniversary. 30 years, right? We have to work through uncomfortable. We got to talk through. So what do you mean by that? What are you trying to say? Okay, let me tell you. Sweetheart, there's got to be more to this conversation. You left something out. She's telling me. Would you, I, matter of fact, we were talking earlier. I said, so uh, what did they, what was wrong with what they brought? That's what I said. And she says, well, uh, basically the last time, she was talking about something totally different than what I was talking about. I was, I'm, I'm on a conversation from earlier about, because we've had like five deliveries for couches, right? They keep bringing us damaged couches, supposed to be brand new, right? So this is like the fifth delivery. And so, so she had mentioned it earlier, but I was tired. So I, so I mentioned it to her, but I'm talking about the couches, but she had just made a statement about something else. So she answered based on her last statement, I'm asking the question based on something earlier. What I did was, I apologize. I left out, I'm talking about the couches. I thought the couches, but I didn't say the couch. Right? So, so it wasn't her fault. It was my responsibility to be clear. We grow through stuff like that. Like, all the time. Like, and then sometimes it's like, uh, she said uh, today, she says, you know, what you don't realize is how much I respect you. She says, so sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm breaking down what I'm saying, not because I even need your help. I'm breaking down what I'm saying because I want you to know why I'm doing what I'm doing because I respect you because I know you think different. And I want you to understand that I'm not, for lack of better words, I'm not coming against or totally dismissive of, of how you think. I'm letting you know I'm thinking this through too. 
so I want to give you the details, right? But if I'm on a run, it could come across like, why are we getting this information? Why are you saying that? <laughs> I didn't say nothing, you know? Or sometimes she may look at, she look at my face, and my face is more like, why are you giving me this information? But my face may look like, you better not say this information. But I'm not even thinking that. I'm just like, where's all this coming from? Because I don't have that piece that I respect you and I, I just want to be accountable to let you know what I'm doing. Because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all logical. Like, I'm, I'm all like, something has to fit. Where does this piece go and where am I supposed to put it? <laughs> you know, that's I'm going, you gave me this piece. I'm, is there a puzzle box? Is there you know, a picture or something? Or am I just supposed to hold this in my hand? Do you understand? But we grow through that as opposed to you tripping, you tripping, you tripping. You understand what I'm saying? With y'all, we grow through stuff. I've, I've had conversations with Ms. Lamar, with Z, Ed, Tanya, Gerard. You know, we all don't have conversations. Guess what? Because we're growing through. Do you care enough to solidify a relationship? Or does everybody have to like everything you say? Say everything you think they should say without having a script that was in your mind. Right? That's the, so in other words, a relationship is only what people can do and give you, not the patient's understanding of stuff that you can give them. We'll never grow when we think like that. Right? All right, that's all. What did we learn today? What stood out today? 